Well, the last time I spoke up here, I'm on blessings. <laughs> going to read a passage of scripture from the Old Testament, from the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 22. I'm going to read several verses there. It's an old story, one you're familiar with, but I hope to bring a, a message that will maybe confront you, challenge, and change you. The Bible says, beginning verse 1 of chapter 22, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. And God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering along the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there. We will worship and come again to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took in his hand the fire and the knife, and they went, both of them, together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, And he said, Here I am. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide a lamb for himself. For a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place which God had told them, Abraham built there an altar and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now, I know. I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it has said this day on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. Let's pray together. Master, I acknowledge your goodness to us and your blessings that have rested upon this church for so many years. And I pray your blessings upon your church that gathers together among the nations of the world today with strange languages in many different places. I pray you'll be with them. I ask God that you may grant to us wisdom and understanding from the scripture passage which we read and look at today. For the favors are asked in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Probably the most powerful story in the, in the Old Testament. The story where God comes to his servant Abraham and makes a request of Abraham that I would not want made of me. The old is a shadow of the new, and we see in this story today some shadows that fall across our own lives and our own land. In this story, we read about the willingness of Abraham to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. Several very difficult questions are raised. I want you to answer these questions for yourself. Number one, do we have to prove our faithfulness to God. Why doesn't God just take us at our word? Do we have to prove our faithfulness to God? 
A second question. How did Abraham feel about this request? A third question. What if God had not stopped Abraham? A fourth question. What if Abraham had rebelled? What if he simply said, that's enough, God. I've done everything you've ever asked me to do. That's enough. That's too much. And finally, the most difficult question of all. What if God asked the same thing of us? The Bible says that God tested Abraham. It's a Hebrew word, nashah. And uh, it, it, the word means lift up, test to lift up. And, and to, to get the idea of what it means to test somebody, and it's, it's used here in this Old Testament passage, you used to go see the old Western movie, the B-rated Western movies that I saw as a child for 10 cents on Saturday morning. Uh, and, and sometime in there, the old prospector would come in with this poke of gold, and he'd have it in a bag, and, and it handed over to the guy who was buying the gold, and, and, and he would put it in his hands, the, the bag of gold, and he would do like this, trying to get a feel for if it was real gold or not. And this is the word that is used here when, when the Bible says that God tested Abraham. He, he lifted him up. He kind of did this to see what he's made out of. Now, several things about this passage of Scripture, in fact, a lot of them bother me. But I've discovered because something bothers me doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means I need to adjust my thinking sometimes. What if God asked that of me? I, I, now, I don't have a son. I've got two daughters. There was a couple of times I was willing to kill them myself, but that's beside the point. But uh, uh, what if God asked something like this of us? Or you say, well, God would not ask that of us today. And I would ask you, oh, really? Oh, really? We'll come to that in a moment. This was not the first of Abraham's test. And gang, as we, uh, as we grow in our Christian life, one of the ways that we grow is by responding to the test that God gives to us. And you don't give the same test to a, to a, to a child that you do to an adult. The tests become progressively more difficult and more difficult. God had, had, had made several requests of Abraham, which Abraham had responded to in, in perfectly good fashion. He told him to leave his father's house in the land of Ur of the Chaldees. Go to a land he did not know. Abraham packed up and went. He went as far as the city of Iran with his brother, and there he was settled down. He thought that was the end of it. And God said, nope, this is not the end of it. Get up and pack again, Abraham. We're going on. He, he had made several requests of Abraham. But, but tests in our Christian life have a tendency to be progressive. He does not give the same test to us when we're children that he gives to us when we're adults. They tend to be progressive. And tests is one of the ways that we grow. Now, so this was not the first of Abraham's test. And we must not grow complacent as we look at the test and think somehow this is just a story in the Old Testament that's not written for us except to, except to show us that, what a good man Abraham was. And let me tell you, you must not let the simplicity of the story keep you from feeling the hurt that Abraham felt. Every word hurt. God came to Abraham. He said, Abraham... I want you to take your son. Now listen to this. Listen to the way that God spelled, spelled it out. I want you to take your only son, 
the one that you love, Isaac. I want to look at those for a moment. God said, I want you to take your only son. The problem with this is that Abraham had two sons. He also had Ishmael, born of Hagar. But Abraham knew what he was talking about when God said, I want you to take your only son, because in Abraham's sight there was only one son, though he loved Ishmael. Take your only son. And then he said, the one that you love. (laughs) I think that may have turned the dagger in Abraham's heart just a little bit. The one that you love. And then in case there's still any misunderstanding, by the way, his name is Isaac. How many of you know what the name Isaac means? Just raise your hand. I'm not going to call on you. Okay, I see several hands raised here. I see preachers that should be raising their hands, but they're, they're afraid I'll call on them. You remember the story before the birth of Abraham? Uh, Sarah had been barren. She was past the age of childbearing. And, uh, and one day some angels came to, uh, to Abraham, came to his tents. And Ab- uh, Sarah was inside the tent. And, but the angels came and Abraham was outside. And the angels had a discussion among themselves. They said, we tell Abraham what we're getting ready to do to him? And the other angel said, yeah, let's tell him. And so they went to Abraham and they sat down with him. and said, Abraham, <clears throat> Sarah's going to have a baby. You remember, and Sarah doing what you women would never do. She was listening at the door. And the angel said, uh, Sarah's going to have a baby. You remember what Sarah did? Huh? She laughed. (laughs) I ain't going to have no baby. I'm past the age of childbearing, praise the Lord. I'm not going to have no baby. Angel looked at Sarah and said, Sarah. You think that's funny? When that child is born, you're going to call him laughter because that's what Isaac means. Now, put this in context. What is God asking Abraham to give up? He's asking him to give up his laughter, the joy of his life. The hope of his life. Everything that he, he pinned his future upon. He was asking him to give up the, the laughter of his life. God asked Abraham for his most prized possession. And I want to ask you a question. Does this bother you? If it doesn't bother you, you're not hearing the story. He did not ask for his sheep or his tents. Where is the line that we draw? Upon our obedience. Where do we ever come to a place in our life when we say, that's enough, God. You've asked enough already. I've done everything you've asked me to. I've gone to church. I've paid my tithes. I've left. I've done all these kinds of things. Where's the line that we draw upon our service to God? When Jesus made a statement one day, he said this. Kind of rough. He will not leave father and mother and sister and brothers for lands for my sake is not worthy of me. Really what it is, is the, is the call to discipleship. Now, I, I, I thought about this passage of Scripture as I was working on this message. And, uh, and uh, honestly, I don't want God to ask me to make that kind of a decision. And, and you, you think, well, I'll be faithful. I, I, be careful, brother. I don't know. Because none of us know how we're going to face a test 
until we face it. Isn't that right? It's the call to discipleship, whatever else it may be. Jesus said, leave your father and mother and houses and lands and come and follow me. Still, we may ask the question, well, Abraham was willing to do this, but how could he? What, what a night he must have spent as he wrestled with God. I'm sure he got on his knees and prayed there and said, God, did, did, I, did I hear you wrong? Surely you did not ask me to give up my laughter. Surely you did not ask me to give up my son. And how am I going to explain this to Sarah? Could you do it? You say, well, Richard, God's not going to ask us to do that. And and I I agree. If you came to me in counseling session one day and said, God's asked me to give up my son, ask him as a sacrifice, take him as a sacrifice, I'd say, well, let's, let's, let's listen to God again. But I want to tell you what, God certainly is within his rights to ask anything of us. And the question has to be looked at, and it has to be looked at purely and clearly. And that's, how could Abraham done it? How could any of us do that, give up the things that we love the most? I believe that the key to understanding Abraham's decision is found in Galatians chapter 3 at verse 6. And that passage of Scripture says simply this, Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. He believed in his existence. He believed in his care. He believed in his word. He believed in his promise. And faith was not new for Abraham. He'd always stuck out on, on, on faith when God asked him to do something. Now hear me, gang. Don't, don't, don't accuse me of heresy just yet. Because Abraham believed God. Not only was Abraham being tested, but so was God. And Abraham could lift up his voice and say, God, on four occasions you have promised me that through this boy, this boy that you gave me, that through four occasions you promised me that through this boy you were going to make a blessing of all the nations on earth. And listen, gang, this is not sacrilegious. And I can just see Abraham lifting up his tear-stained cheeks toward God and saying, God, I am going to do what you told me to do. But God, you do what you promised you would do. Four different times God had said, through Isaac shall all the nations be blessed. Now, what's this friend of God going to do? Gets up early in the morning after a sleepless night. I know, I know it was a sleepless night because I know what it would be for me. He gets up early in the morning. He gets up with several of his young men with him and says, you need to go with me. I'm taking my boy on, on a trip. He cuts some wood for a sacrifice. He and Isaac and a few of the household servants go with him. And they're going along the land and Because this friend of God would not waver when God asked him to do the difficult thing. 
and at one point along the line, they see the hill far along, probably Moriah, maybe the same hill on which Jesus was sacrificed 2,000 years later. They're going along, and Abraham, uh, Isaac asked him a question. He says, Daddy, Daddy, here's the wood for the altar. There's the fire for the burning, but where, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham says, in his act of faith, God shall provide himself a lamb. Now, I, I ask you a question that we start with. What would you do? If God asks you to do something like this, don't, don't you be too fast to answer that question. I've already tipped my hand. I, 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 I argue with God. I, I, I may, Perry, I may, even, I may even fail God. I don't know. God's asked us to do a lot of things. And it seems that the trials that God sends to us are progressive. That is, he does not send the same trial to a, a young baby Christian as he does to one that's maturing and growing in their faith. And our trials tend to become progressively. But Abraham, this friend of God, will not waver. And he says, my son, the Lord, shall provide himself a lamb. And Abraham was putting God to the test. Abraham was putting God to the test. Would Abraham be obedient? He gets the wood that Isaac has carried up on the hill. He arranges it upon some stones that he gathered together, builds an altar there, and finally he walks over to his son. Now, Isaac was not a baby. Isaac was probably a young man, maybe 12 or older than this. He walks over to Isaac, and I think, for the first time, Isaac understood. Can you imagine that? And Daddy Abraham says, Son, put your hands behind your back. He takes a rope, and he binds the son's hands. Then he bends down, and he picks... Isaac up in his arms and carries him over to the altar that he's made. He lays him on the altar, put it out of the scabbard, the knife. He holds it over the heart of his son. And I believe forever was in the process of the downswing with his hand when God stopped him. Because you see, Abraham was testing God. What the songwriter says, put your all the tithes upon the altar, all your labor, time, and love. Sacrifice them all upon the altar while your Savior from above says, trust me, try me, prove me, saith the Lord. We sing that about our offerings. We can say it about anything we offer to God. God can take it. As Abraham's arm is in the downswing to thrust the dagger into the heart of his son, God stops him. And it doesn't say so, but I believe there were three people crying on the mountain. 
Abraham, Isaac, and God. And God says this. Now I know. We so much want God to take us at our word. But he doesn't. You say, well, Richard, doesn't God know everything? I, I guess God does know everything, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't know everything. I, I don't know how I'm going to face the trials tomorrow. And I'm not going to boast as one who does know how I'm going to face them. I won't know until I face them. And I, like you, have faced plenty of trials. Steve, some of them I failed. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And, and I, I pray, God, God, don't test me that way. Don't test me that way. But God says this, now I know. <laughs> now I know. Now I know that you love me, seeing you would not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And in blessing you, I am going to bless you, and through you shall all nations on earth be blessed. And my gang, what a lesson for Isaac. See his dad's obedience to the Heavenly Father. And hear me, gang. There is no substitute for obedience. Not a thousand promises as I'll do better tomorrow. I've done that. Not a thousand promises I'll do better tomorrow, but there's no substitute for obedience. And I believe when obedience to God, I bundle up everything that I have and everything that I love and lay it upon the altar, I also believe that God will provide. Because you see, let me tell you something about the God that I love. One day, at another time, maybe in the same place, we don't know, but another father watches his son walk up a hill bearing the wood for the sacrifice, went upon that hill. Only this time, there was no substitute because God was providing himself a lamb. Behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And, and I, I, you know, it's not easy to believe God... I understand that. But I know this. I believe when I take everything that I have and everything that I'm worth and everything that I love and bind it upon the altar and lay it down there before God, I believe that my God is able to provide. And parents, let me add a little thing in here. Your children, just like Isaac, need to see your obedience. They need to see your sacrifice. That's the way they learn. Do you think Isaac ever forgot what happened?
Father, I pray for this congregation. And Lord, uh, for them, for, for myself as well. That when you make the request, or Lord, even the demand on our life, that we give up those things that are most dear to us. That we'll be able to respond in the words of your servant. The Lord himself shall provide. And Jesus, I want to thank you so much. 2,000 years removed from Calvary makes us hardened to the reality of what was happening. But I want to thank you so very much that you have provided yourself a lamb. And I appreciate it so very much, Father. You have done for us what we could never have done for ourselves. Now I ask your blessings upon this congregation, upon these friends of God who meet here in First Baptist Church of Enid. And I pray that we may follow in the footsteps of God. Uh, none of us want to be tested in the way that Abraham was tested. And yet, that's exactly what you're doing in it day by day in all of our lives, giving us a test that will cause us to grow and show more by our actions than by our words, do we love you? Now I ask your blessings upon this congregation and this people in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Nick. <laughs>